a reading from the anonymous author of The Cloud of Unknowing. See that nothing remains in your conscious mind save a naked intent stretching out toward God. Leave it stripped of every particular idea about God, what he is like in himself or in his works, and keep only the simple awareness that he is as he is. Let him be thus, I pray you, and force him not to be otherwise. Search into him no further, but rest in this faith as on solid ground. This awareness, stripped of ideas and deliberately bound and anchored in faith, shall leave your thought and affection in emptiness, except for a naked thought and blind feeling of your own being. It will feel as if your whole desire cried out to God and said, That which I am, I offer to you, O Lord, without looking to any quality of your being, but only to the fact that you are as you are, this and nothing more. Let that quiet darkness be your whole mind and like a mirror to you, for I want your thought of self to be as naked and as simple as your thought of God so that you may be spiritually united to him without any fragmentation and scattering of your mind. He is your being, and in him you are what you are, not only because he is the cause and being of all that exists, but because he is your cause and the deep center of your being. Thank you. So today, this is the third of a series that I've been doing uh, intermittently on the Lord's Prayer. Um, and I'm talking here about the Lord's Prayer, not as something that one mumbles when one's in trouble, but I'm talking about it as a dynamic series of affirmations. If you go through it, each one each line, I'm suggesting, is a dynamic series of affirmations that lead directly to awakened consciousness. And that is the purpose of the Lord's Prayer, to lead us to awakened consciousness. Now, uh, the version I'm using at the moment, I was given, uh, it's on the service sheet uh, in the communion bit, and I was given this by John Petterville, uh, who's a theologian uh, more than 30 years ago. And his version, Father of Us, the one who is in the heavens, hallowed be your nature. May your kingdom come. May your will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us today our bread from above that gives our whole life meaning. Cancel our debts as we cancel the accounts of those indebted towards us. And let us not be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Now, I've said before that my own personal spiritual practice has always been completely based upon this. And it was what I started with. And the reason I think it's so important is that it's not just a set of words, as I say, that we mumble when we're in trouble or here. Jesus gave these words because 
They lead us step by step to that place that opens the portal that is the kingdom of heaven. And I put that little graphic at the top of the page. You can always tell when I'm going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer because that graphic will be there. Um, and that's, that graphic is for the, from the film Stargate, uh, starring Kurt Russell, as I say, of this parish, and James Spader, uh, who have to get together a set of hieroglyphs. And when they put those hieroglyphs in a circle in the right order, then this portal opens up in the film. It's worth seeing the film, just for that bit. And I'm suggesting that, is that the same is true of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus gave these words so that we might open the portal within ourselves and enter what he would then call the kingdom of heaven. And I've mentioned how it works before, but I'm going to repeat it today because I think that each time it's worth repeating this for people who weren't here before, just so you get the picture of how it works. And this is the way that the Lord's Prayer works. If you take each line, Father of us acknowledges that the universe is a friendly place and that there is an other to relate to. And that other has a loving disposition towards us. So Father of us is admitting the existence of other. The one who is in the heavens places that other in relationship to our lives. It is within us. It is all around us, like a living sponge at the bottom of a seabed with the ocean all around us. We are living in that divine presence. It's in us and all around us, even if we can't see it. Hallowed be your nature, and I'll be talking about this today, puts us in a correct relationship with that supreme being. Literally, hallowed be your nature, may your being be regarded by me with a sense of reverence and respect. We acknowledge that we can do nothing in the presence of that eternity, and we bow down and give, give in to its magnificence. So we do that, and then may your kingdom come. May your loving nature come to order all things. We give up to the wisdom and love that is in the presence, in the essence of that being, and allow it to order all around us. So as we go through these, we open ourselves to these ideas, and gradually our mind just becomes attuned to the real nature of reality. May your will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. You know, come and inhabit my life. May my life conform to your purposes as I acknowledge that this game is yours. And I'm a part of that game. Wherever you are, you bring perfection. So bring perfection into my life. We bring ourselves into the breach. Give us today our bread from above that gives our whole life meaning. Allow me to see the meaning in my life. May I see the bigger picture and in so doing, know what to do in any situation. Cancel our debts as we cancel those indebted towards us. May I let go of any attachments I have in my life, and so be able to focus on you. And in so doing, I let go of anything that I'm holding on to with regard to other people. And let us not be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And may I not be put into situations where I feel the need to choose between my way and your way, so that I may not take myself and things that are naturally, that I may not take for myself things that are nat not naturally given to me. And then the traditional form, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours. For everything here, everything I participate in comes from you. All power comes from you. All thanks for everything in my life goes to you, now and forever. 
in this present moment that lasts for eternity. And so you can see how you can bring yourself into that present moment through using that, that, those sets of words. And last, uh, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at the first line, which was Father of Us. Using, and I said in that first week, that using that phrase, Father of Us, is transformatory because it affirms the existence of another, an existence of something beyond ourselves. It says that there is a universal mind there for us that we can connect with and be a part of the solution rather than the problem. And that there is a wisdom that we can be in touch with that will allow us to transform our lives and the lives of those around us. And because it says father of us, there is an idea of us being all equal under God. It affirms the existence of a supportive other our equality with, and our equality with all living things. And then the second line, which I spoke about in the second week, was the one who is in the heavens, affirming that you are part of those heavens. You know, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you, intimately connected with everybody else through your consciousness, through each of our consciousness being connected to that universal consciousness. And today I want to talk about hallowed be your nature. To hallow is to make holy, to sanctify, to honor as holy, to consecrate, to ordain. In the original version, it's, it says, hallowed be your name. And in the Hebrew understanding, your name is in fact your nature. And you can see it in the Bible when you go through all the different names in the Bible. Moses, who of course was drawn out of the bulrushes, the name Moses means drawn out. And Abraham means father of many. And Jacob, the one who held Esau's heel when he came out of, the, uh, out of his mother, means holder of the heel. And Jesus, which is a contraction of the name Joshua, means salvation. So each of these names, and if you, if you read the Bible, it does say what the names are and, and, and what the situation is. See, you, you know... Hallowed be your nature really means may we honor the quality of who you are. May we honor the quality of who you are. It's the response of Wayne and Garth to Alice Cooper in Wayne's world. You know, we're not worthy. I don't know how many of you have seen Wayne's world. <laughs> I have. <laughs> Who's seen Wayne's world? Let's see. I see the demographic is pretty different. That would go down well in Crossroads. We probably wouldn't go down well in Crossroads. But anyway, so in Wayne's world. Uh, does anyone know who Alice Cooper is here? I just was going to say so. I mean, I don't know what I mean. Maybe she go back to... Anyway, so, um, so it's about ascribing worth to God or worship. And that's what worship means. It, it, worship, actually, the word just means giving worth to something. That's what the word worship means. You can worship anything. You give worth to it. You can worship money. You just give worth to it. Evelyn Underhill, the uh, spiritual writer uh, of the last century, she said that worship was the response of the creature to the creator. So worship is, is our response to the creator. We're, we're the creature, and father of us, the one who is in the heavens, is the creator. So it's our response so in the Lord's Prayer, we are, we've acknowledged the existence of other and our shared relationship. 
and then placed ourselves in that relationship, the one who is in the heavens, the kingdom of heaven is within us. And therefore, you know, being like a sponge in the, sponge in the bottom of the ocean with God's love around us, we're a part of it all. And in the Lord's Prayer, we then give our response to that. Hallowed be your nature. And it, you know, it often feels, when you really deeply think about it, that nothing we do really quite enables us to fully hallowed be thy name. I mean, it's such a huge thing to acknowledge the existence of a fundamental ground of being of which we're all a part. You know, everything we do is, is not quite it. You know, we might meditate, come to the chapel, pray, sing hymns. You know, but often that's not really it. You know, much of what we're doing is sort of going through the motions. Most of the time, I think we attempt to worship. You know, we sing a hymn, we recite the Lord's Prayer, we end up mumbling the whole thing in an unedifying dirge, which is probably why we don't sing here that often. You know, we, we do, we're not up for ecstatic worship, you know, like you do see in these big evangelical churches where they have their hands in the air and the band is loud and there are 5,000. It's not really Aspen Chapel, but, you know, then again, much of that, much of that sort of worship is often caught up like a rock concert in the music, in the crowd, in the atmosphere, Maybe rather than actually hallowing God's name, it's, 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 it's more that. And in that reading that Heather read from the cloud of unknowing, he speaks of, of what's required in worship, what's required to hallow. It's, it's awareness stripped away of ideas. That which I offer you, O Lord, without looking at any quality of your being, but only the fact that you are this and nothing more. That which I offer you, O Lord, without looking at any quality of your being, but only the fact that you are, this and nothing more. It's abandoning our small self to appreciate the bigger self. It's appreciating that universal mind in Hallowed Be Thy Name. And it's summed up by that lovely carol from In the Bleak Winter, written by Christina Rossetti. You know, that last verse, which is such a lovely verse in In the Bleak Midwinter. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give my heart. And really, that's what our response is called on. It's, it's a response to give our very hearts you know, Thomas Keating, who we, who we were celebrating last week, once spoke of the idea of our transforming point being when our minds become the servants of our hearts. The transforming point is when our minds become the servants of our hearts rather than our hearts' ruler. That, that's what's meant by abandoning the small self to appreciate the bigger self. Our small self goes into the service of the bigger self. That's Paul's idea of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what it really means. Giving our whole heart to God is something that our mind must support rather than hinder. Our minds must support it. Ram Das says that you go from using your spiritual journey in service of your psychodynamics to using your psychodynamics 
in service of your spiritual journey. Do you get, do you get how that works? It's going from using your spiritual journey in service of your own psychodynamics, just becomes part of your ego, to using your psychodynamics in service of your spiritual journey. That is the shift that needs to take place. And for the mind to do that, it has to be transformed. Our minds, in order to hallowed be thy name, it has to be transformed from a survival mechanism that's evolved into. It has to move on from that. Because the mind's primary purpose, as we know, is survival. And because of that, it tends to rule the heart rather than be its servant. It tells us what to do, and it has to transform that. We have to transform the mind to be the servant of the heart. And when we move from Father of us to the one who is in the heavens to hallowed be thy nature, that hallowing must be done by a servant heart, by a servant mind. So to hallow God... The only true response is to give our whole beingness, to give our hearts. And, you know, you know, why would we necessarily do that? Well, if we're not moved to, and that, that's one way of doing it, the mind often needs a reason to serve. And the reason is that everything we could possibly want is contained within the beingness of God. All our desires for everything, from a Maserati to lots of money to a fantastic partner to a decent job to fame, wealth, and success, all of that is actually a supplement, a, 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 fake, a desire that really is a desire for that beingness with the divine nature. It is a substitute for that. It's, it's how do I get that experience? Jesus said, first, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added to you. If you look at the fact that love is giving with no expectation of reward, you know, that's the, our definition. Love is giving with no expectation of reward. And by fully giving our hearts to our creator, by fully loving our creator with no expectation really of, of a reward, we develop an awareness of our creator and, and our nature within the divine nature that is its own reward. It fulfills all the ersatz desires that we have in our lives. The awareness of the ground of our being brings with it an awareness of the bliss and peace that is at the heart of all things. That is, that is really what we're about. So our response to the creator, in fact, brings its own reward. Father of us, the one who is in the heavens, hallowed be your nature, I give worth to that universal mind that is the ground of all being. And we do that as a definite process in saying that prayer. We do it in meditation, where we give our whole heart and attention unreservedly to one thing, whether it be our breath, our mantra, the flame. It is a loving act given with no expectation of return. And funny enough, we do it... You know, we give ourselves fully when we listen to music, when we allow ourselves to become lost in music, or art, where we allow ourselves to be lost. We can get lost in sport or in work, where we give ourselves fully to the moment. We become lost in that. But actually, hallowing is a step beyond that. It's a little different because it involves the mind in an act of adoration. The mind is involved, like the adoration of the Magi. I put that little picture in the inside of the service sheet, the adoration of the Magi, the 
the adoringness of, into that divine being. Adoration comes from ad oratum, ad oratum, really to speak formally to. That's what adoration means, to speak formally to. Oration, the, the root of the word oration is in there. Ad oration, to speak formally to or to pray. It is the engagement of the mind and the heart, the mind serving the heart. Ram Dass's idea of the mind serving the spiritual journey. But now here, you know, while we think about it, it's difficult. You know, we try to worship, to adore. We try it in our singing, in our liturgy, you know, with our attention. But the truth is it can be half-hearted. I think it's a wonderful expression, half-hearted. It sums up not giving your whole heart, but just some of it. You know, it's reserved. It's not committed. It's lazy. It's suspicious. It's, it's diffident. The difference between that and wholehearted is huge. And it, it is a commitment that permeates a life. It's not something that you just do when you're singing or praying or meditating. It's a constant, this hallowed be your nature is a constant underlying commitment and trust to the hallowedness of that divine being. And it is there when we pray and sing and meditate, but also when, as Mars says, when we work, rest and play. It is there between us in our conversations. It is, it's, and it's anger. It's, it, it takes anger, that, that adoration, that, 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 that attention takes anger and transforms it into love. And so it becomes a loving nature, that, that hallowed be your name. And, and there's wonderful words. And how you can see it, it is patient, it is kind, it does not envy. 1 Corinthians 13, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't, this is the checklist. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes and always perseveres, it never fails. Hallowed be your nature. If you have that in your life, those are, you know, that's the checklist. That's how you really hallow that nature, to give yourself fully. And, you know, I wonder how we might do it. You know, is it greater attention? Is it louder singing? Is it not wandering off in our thoughts? Is it being aware of our judgment? Well, I, I think it's all of it. But perhaps we could develop something here that might bring us more wholehearted hallowing. You know, that idea of bowing is, is a hallowing. You know, when you, you, know, you bow, there's a hallowingness. You know, we give everything in a bow, including our necks, which signifies surrender and trust. You know, the Sufis dance for that same reason. You know, Christians sing, Buddhists chant. It's all hallowing the name. If you've got any ideas as to how we could do that here in the chapel, just let me know, because uh, I'm looking at how we could do that. All of which is an acknowledgement of our dependence on that eternal nature. It is acknowledgement of dependence on the ground of all being, of the universal mind. We give up to ourselves being part of all creation and we lovingly respond to it. 
Let's pray. So we do open our lives to ask that we may be able to live that life of a hallowing of that divine nature as we go through our lives and be examples of that. We ask of it in our leaders here in this country and all around the world in these difficult times. We ask that that love and hallowing may be at the center of political life. We ask it be a center of community life, of family life, of friendships. We pray for the safety and love at the center of our world. We pray for our, all those who, who are in our valley. We pray for particularly those who are homeless, those in hospital, those feeling alone, lost. Pray for those in prisons. Pray for those around the world living in oppressive regimes, in war zones. We pray that love may be at the center of all things. And we particularly think of those in our community. Think of Jeannie Waller suffering from cancer. Pray for George Brewster. Heinz Cordes, who's recovering from surgery. And Rita Hunter suffering from Lou Gehrig's disease. We just ask that your love and power go to those people in their healing. Amen.